Hello guys, we're back with another podcast and we've got another special guest on today's episode of Here We Go Again and it's Henrik Pedersen. How are you Henrik? I'm fine, I'm fine, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you, very well, thanks for joining us. Um, so you started your career back home in Denmark with Silkeborg in 1995. Talk, us, talk to us about your journey into football, was it something you, all, you were always interested in, something you always wanted to do? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, um, I started when I was uh, four years old. My dad was the coach at my uh, local team. Um, always been scoring a lot of goals. Um, been watching uh, the Danish national team with uh, Michael Laudrup and Brett Milke when I was younger. They were my big heroes that uh, that time. So uh, it's been uh, football all all my uh, my life actually. I was going to say, I imagine that 1992 Denmark team is a team that you were. Uh... You look at fondly, and you've got good memories of. Oh yeah, everybody in Denmark knows where they were that day. <laughs> <laughs> were there any other potential career options as a young man? I, I know your nickname is the Carpenter. I guess you were never going to be a carpenter. No, no. Uh, uh, in in school, we uh, in the eighth and the ninth and the tenth grade, we uh, going to different companies to try to see what we want to be after school and. Uh, one of the time was uh, I was actually uh, at a at a carpenter to try to see if it was something for me, uh, but but it, it really wasn't. So um, if uh, if I wasn't uh, become a footballer, I think I've been in uh, something with uh, cargo or something with um, traveling or something. Yeah, the nickname is it. Uh, let me just see if I'm pronouncing this right, Henrik Termra. Is that right? Yeah, that's the Danish word for carpenter. How, yeah. how did that Fantastic happen? Fantastic, Luke. Brilliant. Yeah. We had Greek <laughs> yesterday. We've got Danish today. Brilliant. Sorry, it took, <laughs> it took some research. Um, how did that nickname come about? Is there an interesting story behind why people call you that? It was actually uh, because of some uh, pants I was wearing uh, when I was uh, 15. I was working uh, at a furniture company and I was uh, sweeping the floor in uh, where they're making the furniture so I had some in Denmark, in Denmark we all go in, in in kind of the brown trousers if you're a carpenter and uh, I was having these uh, pants on when I was going to football training and uh, the trainer said once uh, that's the carpenter and uh, the name stuck on after that. The <laughs> fantastic story. Um, obviously you did really well at Silkeborg in your first spell. How did you find your time at the club and what was football like in Denmark at that time? Um, Silkeborg was uh, actually it was Silkeborg was kind kind of uh, like Bolton, uh, a, a smaller a smaller club uh, in in the country, uh, going up and down. Um, so um, they just got the Danish champions uh, a couple of years before. Uh, so I was uh, coming into a team with a lot of good players at that time. Um, so um, for me, uh, the most special thing was that uh, the year before I was uh, in the stands celebrating the, the Danish national championship, and the next year I was playing with them. That was uh, nearly surrealistic. Uh, I couldn't understand it. That's fantastic. So obviously, Silkeborg were a team that you supported as well. Is that is that right? Yeah, I'm, I'm born just outside uh, Silkeborg. It's only about uh, ten miles outside Silkeborg. So. It's always been sitting well. So, in a way, as much as you wanted to play as high as you can, it's still a dream come true to play for Silkeborg. So obviously, they're your, your local team and the team that you, you grew up watching. Yeah, but to be fair, I, I didn't get a, get a contract before I was 20. Um, you have to remember, this is many years ago. <laughs> uh, there was no uh, transfer window at that time and all that. And my first contract, uh, I was, on, I was uh, 20. Uh, before that, I was playing on the third team in uh, in the club actually, uh, and, and in '95 when uh, I got my first uh, contract and my um, debut at uh, the first team, I was actually playing in the, in the third team in April, and my first game at uh, as a professional was in uh, actually in Northern Ireland against Crusaders in European Cup. So for wow, only five months, I went from I don't know what. Uh, Ninth league to the best league and playing European football. So it was the time just went so fast and it was crazy and all that. So it was a quick rise. You obviously worked your way up uh, through the ranks. Yeah. 
your last season in your first spell with the club, 2000-2001, I read that you were the second highest scoring player in the Super League and helped the club to win the Danish Cup. That must have been a massive moment for you in your career. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it's been uh, one of the best seasons in uh, in my career, yeah, definitely. Um, the only thing missing that uh, in the last game, um, if we have we, we lost the last game 2 1, but uh, have we won? We got uh, second in the league and uh, I missed two sitters, so I could have been top goal scorer in Denmark also. So that was a <laughs> terrible last game, but it, is, it still was a fantastic season, uh, especially, of course, the, uh, the, FA, the Danish Cup uh, trophy. Before we move on to your time at Bolton, obviously, during the time that you were playing in Denmark, you got your first cap for the national team. That must have been a proud moment for you as well to, to represent your country. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's without doubt the biggest thing I ever tried in in my football career, uh, and that's that's also a, a funny story about that because um, we got the name, the team selected, uh, the, the the new coach Martin Olsen, a big Danish footballer. Also, it was him and Michael Lauder that was the, the two new uh, coaches, and the first team I was selected, and um, the first game after that, I got the flowers on. Um, uh, Silkeborg's uh, the, the ground uh, before one of the games and uh, we were playing uh, Brøndby uh, which was uh, one of the best team um, I scored to, to 1-0 and, and we finished up uh, losing 7-1 at home wow uh, the, the day before the day after we should meet up with all the uh, national team players and there was six from Brøndby oh. uh, and Thomas Graveson and Steve Tufting and I was just uh, making fun of me for 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a great, uh, great uh, feeling, first uh, cap and all that, but it was uh, 10, ten uh, long days with a lot of fun uh, from all the, the other ones. I imagine you can't really say much back to Thomas Gravison and Stig Tofting. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. One thing I notice is, well, what I will ask you is, when you look back on your career, Henrik, do you look at the amount of caps you got and think that you probably should have had more caps, perhaps, than the four that you got? Uh, no, no, actually, I, I think I'm, I'm very proud of the three caps I got. Uh, I think I was on the bench about seven more times or something. Okay. Uh, but, but at that time, when, when I was in, in and around the national team, there was some fantastic Danish players playing in all the big clubs around Europe so uh, I was just very happy to get as many as uh, I got even if it was only three um, I can say that um, the first game was uh, at the Fairy Islands and I got my de- debut the same day as uh, Dennis Romandel and he, he, wow. he, he finished at the 122 so <laughs> <that was> two, <laughs> different, two different stories <laughs> Yeah I mean you could say that I mean, I, I, what I will ask you is who were the? I mean, I, I could pick up a few names myself, the likes of Yondal Thomas and players like that. Who who were the main players in your position that that were keeping you out of the team at that time? Uh, Yondal was uh, one of them. Uh, Ebersen, who played at Schalke. Uh, Jesper Brunker from uh, Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, Martin uh, Jorgensen from Udinese. Uh, so there was plenty of very serious good players. talent there, Henrik. Yeah, there were some, some good players. So, so I was just happy to uh, could, uh, be in and around the team at that time. And, and um, as, as I said, very proud of the, the games I got. So no disappointment whatsoever about, obviously, the, the two tournaments the Danish played in the, the World Cup 2002, the Euros 2004. Were, were there, was there any disappointment when you didn't get the call to, to go with no. the third or No. No, no, because I, I knew uh, I wasn't uh, going to be uh, in around the, the, the squad for the for the tournament. I was there when uh, when there were some some injuries and all that, so uh, I wasn't disappointed about that. But uh, I got a phone call from Martin Olsen because I was playing some of the games up to the 2004. So that was that was very nice as uh, also. So you reckon that you were probably sort of on the outskirts of getting in the squad, and you just let you know that you just missed out on that. Yeah, but I think there should be <laughs> several of uh, injuries before <laughs> before I got into the squad. Um, but uh, I was just, as I said, I was very proud of uh, the three caps I got. Then in 2001, after leaving Silkeborg, you came to Bolton. How did the move come about? How did it happen? 
Um, I was actually close to uh, going to Germany to uh, Hansa Rostock. Uh, that been following uh, the, the season, um, especially the last eight or nine games in the season. They were there nearly every time. But uh, unfortunately, they were there. Uh, in backside, it was good. But uh, unfortunately, they were, there, they were there on the last game I was talking about before when I missed the, the two <laughs> big chances. So, uh, um, they, turned the, they turned it down. Um, and then I went on holiday. And uh, one day I was uh, at an um, amusement park in Denmark and uh, it was a family day. We left the, the phones in the car and when I got back to the car after the, uh, the day, there was about 20 up uh, calls from my agent saying that, uh, where am I? Uh, call me. What are you doing and all that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I was nearly saying something. Uh, um, and I called him and he said, um, we're going to Bolton on Monday, and this was a, a Saturday. And that's the first thing I heard about uh, Bolton. Um, my agent was uh, Carsten Obring. He was the same agent from uh, Bo Hansen, Per Fransen, Klaus Jensen, uh, Michael Johansen. So he was uh, familiar with, uh, with Big Sam, and uh, I probably think that it was the relationship between those two that uh, probably started it. And then... Um, I know that's uh, they only seen me on uh, on video, so they never seen me live. So I think uh, I think this my agent's uh, friendship with the, with the club and all that, and of course the Danish players, uh, how good they've been in in Bolton for me that uh, that got me there. Yeah, I was going to say the sort of Scandinavian region, Iceland, Denmark, Sweden. There's been many successful players from from that part of the world. How did it take you to adapt to your new surroundings? What was it? A lot different to Denmark. Was it similar? What What was it like for you? Uh, first of all, it was uh, it was easy because there was two Danes, um, so it was it was easy to 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 know all the the routines and all the, the things that when the, the coaches and the manager say something, what does that mean? And they were quick to 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 help me with that. Um, I was living I was living at the Reebok for about six weeks. Um, but I never never eat there. I was always going home to her to Bohansen. They were very good to take uh, take care of me because I was on on my own there. So, of course, the big the biggest uh, difference was uh, living abroad uh, for the first time, living away from my family and uh, my uh, my girlfriend and all that. But it was it was quite easy. Uh, all the players was nice. Uh, the staff was nice, and I think I think actually it went uh, pretty easy. So it wasn't too much of a culture shock. Like, is is the is the English way of life and and sort of the the say for example the weather, the way of living. Is it very different to the Danish way, or is it is there some similarities there? And was the Boltonian accent a bit difficult to understand? <laughs> uh, um, no, actually, I think uh, Liverpool is Liverpool oh. and is, is much worse. Uh, Bolton <laughs> is, is quite uh, it's actually quite easy for. Uh, if you call it Danish school English, uh, it's quite easy to understand. Um, I remember I got caught once. Uh, the um, the gaffer said we had to be there one thirty, and uh, one thirty in Denmark is uh, um, half past one. Mm-hmm. And and uh, um, no, it's the other way around. At least I came an early an hour earlier than. Uh, Right. And and we should because he said half one and I thought it was half uh, twelve thirty. Mm-hmm. But it was only one thirty we had to be there. So I was there well, an hour before yes, everybody. You thought else. it was half an hour to one. Yes. He just let out the, the past <laughs> half past one. He's just at half one and in Danish half one is twelve thirty. So <laughs> I was there at twelve thirty and uh, there was nobody there. Um <laughs> And then I realised that uh, half one is is later than I thought. <laughs> so, Henrik, once you'd settled in, how did did you feel like your style of play suited the way that the games played in the Premier Leagues? Because obviously you're a player that sort of has a, has a physical presence, you pace that direct style of play. Do you, do you think that suited the Premier League at that time? Do you think you you adapted easily? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think, but uh, I can never say because I was uh, unlucky to get injured uh, so quickly that I got. Um, but but I, was, I think, of course, the biggest uh, difference was the pace 
uh, and of course much better players, um, much uh, bigger crowds and all that. But but the pace was uh, so much faster than in Denmark. So that was the the, the difficult thing to to adapt to was the pace definitely because uh, in Denmark you have. Um, it feels like three or four seconds when you get the ball, and in England you don't have a, a second um, before they're over you. So that was the that was the biggest difference, actually. It was the pace. Do you remember any particular players during your early days that you came up against, and you thought, "Whoa, this guy's this guy's decent. This is a bit of a step up from what I'm used to." No, I, I can say honestly say all of them. Uh, because uh, the the difference from the Premier League to the Danish uh, Super League is so big. Uh, so yeah. every player, every week, I had to be absolute on top every week. Uh, there was um, the difference is is so so big, uh, um, and you have to try the thing to understand how big it really is. Your first goal for Bolton actually came in the League Cup tie against Walsall, and it was the game went to extra time. We managed to win the game four three. Is it a night that you can remember well? Do you have a lot of memories from that night? I remember the goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember the goals, yeah. <laughs> uh, to be fair, now I, I, I remember the goal because it was the first goal. Uh, I have a, I have a, like a, a big frame in my pop with uh, like four small uh, pictures with uh, on the road to the goal. So when I get the ball and I'm shooting when the ball is on the way to the goal and then the goal. So that reminds me uh, every day when I'm at the pub but, uh, to see that uh, picture remember of the first goal. That's fantastic. Yeah, I read you, you own a pub now, Henrik, in Denmark. Is that right? Yeah, that must be some <laughs> of the uh, English culture I took back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right <laughs> <laughs> back. <laughs> what's, it, what's, it, what's it called? I, I think I read the name, but I've, I think I've forgotten it. Uh, it, it translated to English, is called The Goal. Ah, oh, brilliant. Okay. And Danish is molded. Right. What is it? Is it a bit of like a sports bar then? Is that? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a sports bar, yeah. Oh, because we call it, we actually call sports pop uh, the goal. Ah, uh, okay. It's a good name. So that's lots, lots of uh, shirts, uh, scarves, uh, pictures, and uh, all of kind of football things, but a little bit of uh, cricket and uh, basketball, but, but mostly football. A lot of my own shirts and a lot of um, other shirts, uh, David Beckham shirts and uh, etc. So there's a lot of uh, nice things nice things and down there. So you've got a good collection of memorabilia from your time playing in England? Uh, no, not not that many. Uh, to be fair, I, was, I wasn't actually keen on swapping shirts, actually. It was more when uh, friends of mine when they were, for example, fans of Tottenham, can you get me a Tottenham shirt? I, I did it, but uh, sometimes I did it, but not much, actually. Okay. What were your first impressions when you first came to Bolton? What were your first impressions of the group of players that you joined? What, when you look around the dressing room, what, what thoughts were going through your head? Um, they were big. <laughs> Very big. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know why, but... Uh, Everybody just seemed much bigger in uh, in England than in Denmark. Um, uh, maybe it was because the pace was so so uh, much higher and uh, the physical was much uh, stronger and all that. But everybody looked so uh, bigger. Uh, and I, even even myself, I think I'm I'm quite of a big footballer. Or was a quite of a big footballer, but they just looked so so big. Uh, <laughs> So, um, but we had, we had it was a nice dressing room and uh, they were very nice to uh, adapt everybody who came in new. How did you find working with Sam Maladice, Big Sam? Was he different to anyone you'd ever come across before? Uh, um, a little bit, but uh, um, I had a few uh, managers in Denmark who also shouts a lot, so uh, it wasn't that <laughs> big of <laughs> a different. Um, now, he was good. Um, he always uh, said what he meant. Uh, if you were happy, you knew, and if he wasn't happy, you couldn't definitely tell. So uh, <laughs> I, I like I like that, but for a manager, because uh, if you have a manager that like have a hidden agenda or something, I don't like that. But uh, he he did he definitely didn't have another. So it was just that you liked the fact that it was just honesty. You were either you'd either tell you if you were good, tell you if you were bad. He was just. Tell you, he'd tell you what he wanted to tell you, basically. Exactly, yeah. 
Um, and um, I don't know how much is been out, but uh, for five and a half years, I, um, I really had a good time under him. And, and, and then he uh, kind of uh, made a big, um, I don't know what you say that, but um, he, uh, we, in the last year, just before he got sacked, uh, before Newcastle, mm-hmm. we agreed a new, uh, a new deal, a new two-year deal. Uh, and then we played United away and we lost, uh, I think we lost 4-0 or something. And I was substituted just uh, before half time. And uh, on the Monday, uh, my agent said that uh, he um, had withdrawn the contract offer. Even we were sitting in the office uh, a week before giving hands and uh, two new years and all that. So uh, a lot of, I lost all respect for him there, actually. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that must have been that must be really hard to take, Henrik, to, to sort of it, have your future planned out and then it taken away from you. It was, yeah, it was, um, because I had it so uh, had had it so great in Bolton and um, had a good friends in in the city outside football and all that, and um, yeah, just. Uh, it's actually uh, took my breath away. I took my phone. I remember I took my phone uh, into uh, the gaffer's office and I wanted to record what he said because I want to go to trial and all that. But oh, um, uh, but when I came into him and said, uh, "What's going on?" It's just a week ago we sat here and shake hands, and he says, "That's football." And I was just I couldn't say anything. I had so many things uh, say I want to say, but couldn't get out of my mouth. So, so many emotions. Yeah. So I just said. Uh, Okay, and I just left, so I didn't. I didn't manage to record anything. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, that was uh, that was really uh, hurtful, actually, very, very hurtful, because um, I was looking forward to had uh, two more years there, but um, unfortunately, uh, he wanted differently. Obviously, you you had a successful career with Bolton. There's no doubt about that. A sustained amount of time, but early on during your time at the club, you actually went back to Denmark, to Silkeborg on loan, didn't you? At that point, were you unsure whether you were gonna make it as a footballer in England with, with the doubts in your head at that stage at all? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because uh, I got that uh, growing injury and uh, I needed surgery. And I think to my, uh, to, to my luck, uh, there wasn't any transfer window at that time. So um, in April, when Silkeborg called and asked if I could come back and play the last six, six games because they were really fighting for relegation, uh, I went into the gaffer and asked him, um, what is my chances after the season for the new season if I go back and uh, play the last six games in, in Denmark for Silkeborg uh, and then come back, uh, where will I stand? And he just said uh, quite honestly that uh, I, can't, I can't give you any games here now. Uh, they just got uh, Freddy Bogus at that time. Yeah. Uh, so he said that go back, uh, get match uh, f- fitness uh, in those games and come back and you'll be on uh, square level with all the others when the new season starts. Um, and uh, after that, I said, "Okay, I'm going back." Um, and it's also uh, turned out that I think I played seven, 37 games the, the year after. So, uh, so but just when Silver called, I was a little bit uh, thinking mm, maybe I should just uh, go back and play, and maybe I, I wouldn't come back. But uh, hopefully, like, luckily, I did. Yeah, the 2002-3 season was the next season. Was did you feel like that was a big season for you? Your second season at the club. Do you feel like it was an important one for you personally to to sort of get in the Bolton team and, and play games regularly at that stage? Yeah, definitely because uh, that was what I was uh, hoping for in the first season. Um, and I actually just got uh, my first uh, start just uh, a couple of weeks before my injury. So yeah, you never know if I could have played more games in the first season. But uh, yeah. I was very, very happy to come back uh, and be fit and strong and not into it in the second season and play as many games and um, uh, also get my first goal in Premier League. That was a big moment also. Yeah, you got seven. You managed to get seven goals that season. And looking at the at the fixtures that season, you scored twice away at Leeds. Was that a key moment for your season? Do you feel like that helped you to cement your place on the team? It was it was the, it was the first goal in Premier League for me ever. So that was uh, that goal I can remember, and that game I can remember. I've seen it so many times because uh, it get me emotional. And so uh, yeah, um, actually I wasn't playing uh, regular before that game, but um, the gaffer told me that um, he had a hint or something that um, tomorrow is going to be your day, and um, 
and I don't know if he did, but uh, both both him and Phil Brown said they put money on me to score. So, uh, <laughs> so th- there must have been something in in his mind that saying that tomorrow is going to be it. And uh, I played, a, I, I think self myself, I played a very good game, and of course uh, with two goals as a striker, you always. Uh, have a good game, even if you're shit as uh, in 89 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a, that was a key key game, a key moment in my my English career. I think one thing that stands out about you, Henrik, the Peacock celebration. It's iconic. <laughs> just just tell us about that. Where did that come from? It's on FIFA. It's, it's unbelievable. It is. <laughs> it's probably on FIFA because you did it first. That's why. Um, <laughs> It, uh, it came on in um, in uh, Napa in Cyprus. Ah, all right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, footballers uh, in Napa about five or six years in a row, and uh, in 2004 uh, up to the um, European uh, Championships, and we watched the games at the pop down there, and uh, we have a player. Uh, a big Danish player, Martin Retsov, who played at Brøndby. Uh, he had a very, very bad uh, kind of uh, dancing moves, like arms outside and just uh, dancing a little bit crazy. <laughs> and we started doing that when uh, the the teams scored. Not even, not just the Danish game, but also all the other teams. Um, so in the end, we started, and then we. We were happy when Denmark did it. We started jumping up and down and then arms out to the side. And and because we're all footballers, we're going to do this next year when we uh, score goals. And actually, I scored two in the first game and uh, Martin scored one in his first game also. So uh, I remember Sky Sport went to, to Denmark to have an interview with him about it also. Oh, wow. So it was a drinking uh, week in uh, Iron Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> So a lad's holiday in Ayanapa on, on the alcohol for a week. That's where it was born, that celebration. Well, that's an amazing story, that, Henrik. I can say that now when I'm finished playing football, can I? <laughs> yeah. So 2002-03, the team just stayed up and then finished eighth in 2003-04. Did you feel like at that point it felt like a club that were ambitious and that were making progress? Because from just staying up, to finishing in the top eight in the Premier League is big progress in a year, isn't it? Yeah, but that, that's that's definitely for the gaffer because he got so many good, great players in. Um, when I'm uh, talking in Denmark with the players um, that I that I played with, everybody says, "How could you play with him and him and him in Bolton?" You know, like the Jokai of uh, Ingarchi, um, Campo, Hero, and and Ilka and all that. And that must definitely be. Uh, the gaffer's way of persuading those people to come to Bolton, <laughs> and, but of course the the, the people, uh, the players got better and better, and uh, we had a great season. Um, but I think you you must give that credit to the gaffer. What was it like playing with those players, the likes of Jokaev, Campo, Hierro, and Elka? Like you said, there, those are top top quality players. What was it like having them in your team? And in some kind of way, it's unreal because I was just a, a small guy from a footballer from Denmark, and then these players who've been winning everything, they've played in all the big leagues and big clubs. But in the end, he was just a normal footballer, a nice person, and down to earth, all of them. So um, just when you hear the names, they're probably going to Bolton, you say, What? How? When? What? But when just like uh, one of the lads, actually. Yeah, we, we've had um, we've had Yoda Jokaev on, we've had Stelios on the podcast as well. We asked these two this question, who the best player is that you played with at Bolton? Uh, Yuri said it was Ivan Campo. Stelios couldn't give us an answer. I would, he refused to because he'd upset people. <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you give us an answer to that, Henry? You, if you had to say who the best players you played with at Bolton, who would it be? Uh, I always say because sometimes I go out in Denmark and um, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, have um, talking to schools and small groups of footballers and all that. And of course, they're also asking uh, which one is the best players you played with and against and all that. And definitely for me, it was Jokaev, uh, unbelievable. Uh, he could he could do everything. 
uh, hardworking uh, a man in in his age actually also uh, won everything and all that. So uh, Jock Hive uh, was the best all-round player. Uh, the best tech, technique player is definitely uh, Okocha. Um, and uh, the nicest player, uh, personality-wise, was uh, Fernando Hero. I never met a, a guy who's so nice and uh, kind to everybody and uh, down to earth. It was unbelievable with the uh, the, the mind of um, thing he achieved with uh, Real Madrid and Spain and all that. He's just down to earth. It was unbelievable to uh, to to see actually. Stelios yeah. said that, hasn't he? Yeah, I was going to say we had, we had a story yesterday from Stelios Henrik and. He said that he took his boy to uh, to watch the Art Classico at the new camp and he bought fake tickets for the game without knowing. So with half an hour before kickoff, he was panicking. His boy was crying. He was like, how are we going to get into the game? And he, and he texted Fernando Hierro and Fernando Hierro rang him back two minutes later and he was like, go to reception. I've left two tickets for you to get in. Is that, is that the sort of guy that he was? Can you think of any, any examples of him being kind to, to the players around him? Considering what he'd achieved as well, he was a superstar, wasn't he, Hierro? That's what I'm saying, yeah. He was just down to earth and he was talking to everybody and he was kind to everybody, even the the, the lovely tea lady at the at the Reebok. Uh, he was talking to her, her as the, it was her mom, uh, his mom and all that. He was just a general, nice person. Definitely, definitely. The, the nicest person I've been playing with, uh, actually, um, all through my career, actually. Um, the 2003-04 season, that was an even better season than the previous season for you. In terms of goals scored, you scored nine times. You must have, at that point, felt like you were playing some of your best football that you played. Yeah, that was also the time I went to the uh, national team again. Um, and yeah, that was, uh, of course, as a striker, you want to go, score goals. And uh, for me, nine goals... Uh, uh, was a great achievement. Of course, I, I wanted to score as many as much, but uh, I was very happy. Um, and I remember when we had the uh, Player of the Year dinner at the Reebok, uh, we were standing there, um, Okocha, Jokaev and me with the nine goals, all of us. And <laughs> don't looking at this uh, glass uh, ways uh, with the trophy. And they just said, you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> I was delighted. I was just, yes. And they were just, Whatever. <laughs> Jock Air wasn't going to put it next to his World Cup winners medal, was he? <laughs> and, and mine now is uh, is standing on the, the shelf at my uh, eleven year old boy's uh, room. So uh, I'm I was so happy for it. I'm still I'm I'm still happy for it. So, but those two just uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the following season, two thousand four five, is the season that we qualified for Europe. You scored two on the opening day of the season against Charlton. JJ also scored two goals that day. Is that a day that lives long in the memory? Because the, all four goals we scored that day were, were, were quality goals, weren't they? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. They were good goals, but it was also the Peacock uh, game. So, uh, of course, it was standing in the mind. Uh, but, yeah, it was good goals, all of them. Um, and, and, and when I say uh, two people in Denmark, uh, like... Uh, the build-up to the games, uh, to Jock Hive and play and score and all that. Uh, wow. And um, yeah, there were some good goals. And But I mostly remember the game for the Peacock, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that season was unbelievable, really. I mean, did, at what point did you, you realise that you had a team good, you were in a team good enough to qualify for Europe? Or was that the mindset from the first game of the season? Did you know that you, this group of players were good enough to finish sixth in the Premier League? I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if you've thought that at the start of the the season. Uh, but of course, when as as the season got longer and longer, and we still uh, kept winning and staying in the mid table or the middle of the table, top uh, table, um, we we believed it more and more. Um, but actually, um, I don't know if this ever been been out. But uh, the last six games of that season. Started with uh, we we won at uh, Wolverhampton about I think about around Easter time or something, and uh, the gaffer said um, we had a, a long spell with a lot of games. Uh, go home, we see you on Thursday, and it was a Saturday game, and everybody was just saying what we see you see you on Thursday, so we had four days off. You can go ho home to all your countries, you can do what you want, come back on uh, Thursday, 
and first we didn't believe him, but uh, he said, no, no, it's good. Go back. We, you need a couple of days off uh, of football. So we came back on the Thursday. And Thursday, Friday, we didn't do anything more than set pieces and a couple of uh, shooting and goals and all that. And then we won again on the Saturday. I can't remember against who. But after the game, he said, do you dare to challenge me again? And of course, yeah. And he said, we see you on Thursday. And we did that for six weeks, actually. And we only wow. lost the last. So do, uh, do you think that's um, a key ingredient to being successful in the last six games because he allowed your bodies to recover because it's obviously been a hard season. Do you think that helped? Do you think you felt fresh in the games or how, how did that work? I think it was a, a, a mix of that and also mentality saying that uh, if you're going to win that game, you have four, four days off. Like an incentive. But no, I think, I think it was, it's, it's, it's a mix uh, because it, that late in the season, you, you are fit and um, you don't need to train that hard during the week up to the games. But definitely the thing that you can get away from football, you could uh, think about anything else. I went to Denmark all five weeks, actually, for four days, uh, back to my family and friends and all that. Uh, didn't think about football that much. Came back and then uh, trained for a couple of days and then we played again. Uh, so I think it's a mix of, uh, of, the, of the, the two things. Do you think all the players behaved themselves and just went home, or, or do you think a couple of players took advantage and went on, on a little break? Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I, I can't I can't say that. I didn't get any uh, any fines and all that. But but we were we were and of course uh, had we come back and uh, been totally bad and lost all the games. Of course he, he wouldn't have done that. But I think uh, mentality uh, it was a good move for him actually. I tried to uh, actually. Say to the Danish managers here when uh, when I came back to and played for Silverwood in in the last of my career and uh, sometimes when we had a bad spell I said let the boys off for a couple of days uh, but in Denmark no no if you lose a game you have to train uh, more more yeah, more double sessions yeah so um, I think mentality it was a good move actually and uh, I know because we tried it I tried myself so I know it, it works sometimes actually. Yeah, but, I mean, we're going to talk about the fact that you played in other positions for Bolton. But just before I ask you that, Henrik, what would you say your favourite... We've spoken about the Charlton goals. We've spoken about the goals at, at Leeds. What would you say your favourite goal was that you scored for Bolton? Uh, there's been a few. The last, the last goal against Leeds, the volley from uh, Steve Trefting's assist. Uh, I hit that quite nice. Uh, I had a, a very good goal against Arsenal at home and. Uh, I have a, a half volley up in the corner. Uh, so there's been a few, but um, difficult to take just one of them. Uh, but um, all goals are good when you're a striker. So <laughs> even <Yeah. then>. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey and our colleague Paul, big Bolton fans, and, and they pointed out to me that you'd actually played at left back at times under yeah. Samuel Dice. How did that happen? It happened uh, on a pre-season tour to um, to Thailand and uh, Japan. Uh, Ricardo Gardner got injured with uh, a bird. I think it was a ligament or something. But uh, yeah, once. Um, and uh, at that time in the squad, we were only uh, two left-footed. Um, it was me and uh, Gary Speed, um, and we played um, a game in Japan where he tried to play uh, Speed as a left back. But Speedo didn't. He didn't want to play left back. He wanted to play midfielder. And uh, I think we were behind three 0 in the in half time. And I think he was in on all the, all the goals. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, half time, um, the gaffer asked me if I wanted to try to to play. Uh, and that time, we had all the good players: Jokai, Anelka. Uh, now Anelka wasn't there at that time, but uh, Davies and Nolan. So I was uh, having problem getting to play regularly. So. Um, when he said, do you want to try to see? And I said, yeah, of course, of course. I'd rather play than being on the bench. So that was uh, how it happened. That's a good attitude to have, Henrik, definitely. Was it something um, you were comfortable with, Henrik, after a few games? Or was it, was it a struggle? How did you feel playing in such an unusual position from striker? Um, I always say that um, I got the Cristiano Ronaldo substitute after 70 minutes. So it <laughs> 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 I didn't help my uh, centre defender that much that game. I was only close to him. Uh, now, uh, <laughs> jokes aside, um, 
the, the system we played at Bolton with the, the with the two wingers. Mm-hmm. We, we were quite far behind, uh, back on the field most of the time. Also, when we didn't have the ball, so it wasn't that difficult to adapt to it. Actually, the most difficult one was to to follow the line for the, the two t- central defenders. Uh, but but um, in the previous years, it's nearly been like a what you call in Denmark we call it a wing a wing back, like you going yeah. up and down. Um, so it's nearly the same as a left back. Uh, um, you didn't come as much forward as a, as a wing back, but um, it was close to the same. So I think I, I think it was quite easy to adapt actually, and um, also with the numbers of games I played, I, I think the gaffer would uh, must have liked it actually. What would you say is the, the, your favourite game that you played, and if you could pick one game from during your time at Bolton, what would it be? Uh, favorite game uh, at Bolton. Yeah. Again, it's uh, it's difficult because it's always difficult to pick just one game because the, the first game when I got substituted at Leicester, my first Premier League game ever, it was always always be in my mind. Um, of course, I could pick one of the games where I scored twice or something, but I think um, if I should pick one game that. Uh, nobody will think I'll pick. It probably be Southampton away in the second game uh, after the Charlton game. Um, I played a very very good game personally, uh, and we won down there on the squad. Uh, and um, I think that probably be it probably be that game because uh, it was more like uh, technically, technically and football wise the best game I played. I think. That season ended, like we said earlier, in qualification for the UEFA Cup. I mean, that must have been an amazing feeling because when you joined the club a few years earlier, we'd only just been promoted back to the Premier League. So it must have been an amazing feeling to sort of join a club at that level and then sort of get the club to that level, if you understand what I mean there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Football-wise, we were going from just being promoted to going into Europe in just about four or five years. Uh, but um, when I came to Bolton in 2001, the training ground uh, was so poor <laughs> that uh, when it was uh, winter and there was frost, we couldn't have any hot water because the, the pipes was uh, frosty. Uh, and then five years later, we had the most perfect uh, training ground. I think that's the similarity to when we got, just got promoted and then just a couple of years ago, like just a couple of years later, we play in the European Cup. I think that's uh, kind of, uh, say, the same, actually. We went from very low to high standard and uh, it was an un- unbelievable journey and very proud of being a part of it. So, obviously, you mentioned there about the training ground and it eventually improving. That that as well, but could you also sense things changing for the better when the likes of Campo, Potcher, John Kent were signed for the club? Could you could you tell that the club had a vision of, of playing higher up? Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, the Gaffer was uh, probably one of the uh, most uh, future-sighted managers uh, at that time. Uh, I think we were the first who got ProZone uh, coming the stadium with all the uh, the stats and all that. Uh, we got uh, Chinese measures in. We got uh, we went to Poland in a freezer uh, to walk around there for three minutes in a freezer. Uh, so he, he always been uh, looking ahead to see how can we do it better. Uh, how can can I get the better players in and all that. So uh, of course, when you get player, better players in, the other players uh, get better because if they want to play, they need to raise their game. So. Uh, so uh, again, it is definitely up to the gaff and, uh, of course, the, the club to to use the money to get all the big players in. I mean, as much as it might have benefited you, I can't imagine being in a Poland was was the nicest experience. What was that like? Sorry. As much as it might have benefited you, I can't imagine that three minutes in a cold freezer in Poland was nice. No, no. Uh, I don't know how much it is in the Fahrenheit, but it was a minor. Now 160 degrees uh, Celsius uh, for about three minutes. Uh, it was very, very cold. 
you're not allowed to go to the bathroom before uh, at least a half an hour before because if you have a few uh, drops uh, down below, it will freeze. So uh, <laughs> uh, it was definitely cold, but it definitely helped. It really, really helped. I remember the first time. The first time we tried it was in Poland, and we went to this in the middle of a um, middle of forest, very old athletic. Uh, uh, training ground it looked like uh, the old uh, Germany uh, from the, before the war and all that but uh, all the um, athletic teams in the world all the national teams were there uh, the Danish the Jamaicans all that only for that freezer so um, we could train very hard in the morning and go into the freezer and then the train nearly as hard as in the afternoon so it really helped actually we, we spoke about the big names at the club and obviously we asked you who you who you think was was the best, and you said you're a jock AF. Who would you say in that era was the most underrated player in the Bolton team? Nicky oh. Hum? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if he's, uh, I, I don't know with his uh, amount of games and all that, if he was underrated. He's, he's a cult hero here. Uh, I think if you ask him about his first game, I don't think he liked that because that was uh, when Ronaldo got his debut. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> L- luckily, uh, me and Perfans just got substituted when Ronaldo got on, so I wasn't in that uh, last week old. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but I don't know, it's difficult to say uh, underrated because um, you always... Um, you don't seem to play as much if uh, you're underrated. Um, um, I don't. I can't. I can't take say it's just one. Um, it's much easier to say all the good names because <laughs> out in the media and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was a great young player coming up, definitely. But I think um, the best player I've seen from going from zero to very good was Kevin Nolan. Uh, he was unbelievable the the way uh, he adapted his game and got better and only better and better in my time there. Well, you will have seen him grow up from being, well, he would have been roughly about 20 years old to being a fully grown man, won't you? You would have seen the full rise. And uh, it, was a, it was a great uh, journey to see because he, he got, uh, when, I was, when I stopped there, he, was, he got very, very good and... Uh, and he was a big, big influence in, in the team. And of course, when you get the captain at, at the team, you have to be influenced. So uh, it, was a, it was a good journey to see for him. And that must be the, the biggest journey when I've seen it, yeah. Obviously, having qualified for the UEFA Cup, we played in Europe in the 2005-06 season. We played against the likes of Plovdiv and Marseille. What were those European likes like to be involved in? Uh, a little bit mixed because uh, at that time I was uh, having my Achilles, um, so I didn't play as much as I wanted. Um, but it was it was great. the The atmosphere at the the Reebok was uh, was very good. I tried it in Denmark to play uh, European uh, games. Uh, we played it uh, in Rome against Roma. Uh, so I, I, tr- I had tried it before, but uh, the atmosphere at the, the Reebok was unbelievable on, on that night. It was always good, but uh, there was something special with the, the European nights. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, in general, how did you find playing at the Reebok Stadium? Sorry? In general, how did you find playing at the Reebok Stadium during the time of the club? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. The, the atmosphere was, was great. Um, I came from playing for about five or 6,000 to playing for 28,000 every time at home. Uh, so for me it was a big difference but it was unbelievable uh, atmosphere uh, and uh, even when we were away um, the, uh, the, the, the people who came from Bolton to the away game was unbelievable uh, really shouting and easy to hear So before we move on to sort of the next part of your career who, who were the big personalities in that group of Bolton players and are there any memorable stories you can tell us about people's personalities shining through perhaps <laughs> uh, yeah, broken hotels and uh, planes. <laughs> <laughs> no names uh, said, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Uh, what do you think about uh, 
when we are together as a group and all that. Yeah, yeah. Like who who is the who are the big personalities, the big characters, even away from the field? Um, Nolan, uh, Kevin Davis, uh, of course. I think the the biggest one was no doubt Juve. Uh, uh, definitely the biggest one. Uh, uh, as good as a player he was, uh, it's questionable about his personality sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but of course, he was the him and when when uh, him and uh, Abdullah Faye was there, it was always crazy, always crazy gang. Uh, those two was <laughs> they were doing the most unbelievable things. <laughs> <laughs> you, nothing you can tell us about what you've got up to during his time at the club. If you can keep know. it PG, sorry. <laughs> if you can keep it PG. <laughs> uh, nah, I mean, there's been some crazy, crazy thing going on, but mostly, mostly funny things. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, not um, not like when I say broke hotels, not not like that. But uh, some uh, some um, uh, what do we say that in English? Uh, we had a player, uh, a young player, and um, he was looking up to this uh, very good older player from his own country and uh, and um, the older player said that uh, if you're not uh, if you're not drinking you can't be a footballer uh, that probably uh, the, the in Denmark we call it uh, black moments in my career uh, because uh, he like uh, said you have to drink uh, that was that was not nice to hear um, I, nev- I never said Honestly, I never said no to a beer. So uh, it's, it's it's not because I don't like uh, beers. And of course, when when you're out, you you can have a few beers and all that. And definitely in, in holidays and all that. Uh, but this was um, it was uh, it was it was hard to hear it. Um, and also the way he said it, it was it was quite uh, difficult to hear actually. Okay. So after we we spoke about. When you left Bolton, obviously, you signed for Hull in August 2007. Was it a bit of a frustrating time at Hull? Did you have any problems there? No, it was, it was a great time at Hull. Uh, I, was, I was standing between going home uh, to Denmark or, or staying in England because Phil Brown uh, was manager at, uh, at Hull. My agent called him and asked if, he, uh, if I could go there. Um, and uh, they just got uh, got some new owners, mm-hmm. and I sat with uh, Phil Brown and the new owner. Uh, we met up in Leeds, and um, the new owner said that we have this uh, three-year plan, kind of uh, the same. When I came to Bolton, we have this plan going forward, and uh, he said that the first year we are going to be middle of the championship. Uh, next year we should be in uh, promotion, uh, playoffs, and the third year we have to go up in Premier League. And uh, that suit uh, that sounded uh, very good in my ears, and uh, um, I wanted to stay in England, and and I was uh, I was actually happy to to go to Hull uh, when it, because it didn't work at at, at Bolton. I, I did I did try to go to Sammy Lee and said, uh, "Do you have another opinion than uh, Allardyce?" But he says no. <laughs> um, he must have, he must have talked to Allardyce because he was the, the assistant on him when it happened. So. Uh, so, um, but I did. I did try to see if I could stay at Bolton after that, and I got the sack. But um, I was happy to go to Hull. Actually, uh, I had some. Uh, I had a great year there, um, and I only went back to Denmark after the one year because my uh, my wife got pregnant, mm. uh, and uh, we were standing there. Should I stay? Because we, we we managed to get promoted in the first year after the playoff win at Wembley. Um, so, if I'd had to stay there. Um, I probably should have stayed a couple of years more, uh, um, but we talked to my wife and talked to the family back home, and my wife and and me we were quite quite early and quite sure that we wanted to uh, go back and get our son to get uh, brought up close to his uh, grandparents, and um, it was a it was a good decision, and uh, it was a, definitely the right decision looking back also. I know you said you perhaps could have had a couple more years in England, perhaps with Hull. But was it nice yeah. to be able to finish your career in Denmark? Was that something you always wanted to do anyway? 
Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it, it was a dream, but uh, definitely wasn't something that uh, that should happen. But it was definitely a dream, and um, and uh, I was happy that um, I was happy it could uh, it turned out to be like that because I only wanted to go back to play for Silkeborg. Um, I didn't want to go to play for uh, because my agent said, "Oh, I can get you to uh, to FC Copenhagen or Brøndby, but that's about four hours away from where I'm living, so I could stay." I, so, i could easily stay at Hull and see my family as much as I stayed in Copenhagen and see my family. So <laughs> it's better to stay in England because the money was 10 times more. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, was, I was sure that I only wanted to play for, for, for Silkeborg. Um, and it, if uh, we couldn't get a deal with Silkeborg because they did have zero money. Um, they were playing in the second league. They got relegated uh, and only playing in the second league in Denmark. So they didn't have any money. Uh, but uh, wasn't I'm not going to uh, to Silkeborg and play there? I'd stayed at Hull because I still had one more year. And uh, I remember I, I called Phil Brown and said, uh, "Is there any chance I can get the last year of my contract uh, cancelled because my wife is pregnant? We want to go home." And he said, "What? I thought you want three more years." <laughs> uh, Uh, because the, um, he couldn't understand the mentality. He thought that football was first and all that. For him. And for me, I'm a family person, so family came first. And um, but, but yeah, if, if uh, Silverwood could not uh, give me a contract, I, I would have stayed at Hull, actually. And how did you find your second time at Silverwood? How did it go? Um, different. Uh, because in seven years, football has changed a lot, also in Denmark. Um, younger players' uh, mentality has changed from being very humble and uh, listening, listening after the older players uh, coming up and being very cocky and uh, cocky and all that. Um, uh, think they're world class and all, and even they're only 18, 19 years old. So that was the biggest difference, actually. Because when I left Singapore, it was like a, a family club, and when I came back, it was like. A, a chicken yard, like uh, young players uh, thinking that uh, they're the best in the world and only want to uh, never pass the ball and only shoot self and all that. So a big difference. But I had a, I had some great years. Uh, I managed to get captain from the club also, uh, which was uh, is a big achievement also for me. That must have been frustrating to, to hear that from players. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, but that was just the mentality change, in, especially also, you know, especially in Silkeborg in, in those seven years, it was a big, big difference and um, uh, strange actually to come back and uh, see how, uh, how it was. So what are you doing now? Are you still involved in football in any way? Uh, no. We've got you. Oh, sorry. That was just a call. So, uh, now uh, I'm playing uh, some, uh, we call it all boys football. It has to be over 40. So uh, we play every Wednesday. So um, otherwise than that, I have my, uh, I have my pop. Uh, so um, I'm working there every day. Oh. Have you ever had any Bolton fans in your team? Yeah. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have, yeah. Uh, the, um, the president from the Norwegian uh, Bolton uh, fan club was there a couple of times. I even had uh, actually have a. Um, I was a guy from Copenhagen. I, I, I don't know the guy, but he called me, and saying, "Listen, I have a guy from America. He's here at my wedding. I want to surprise him because uh, he's taking his only two weeks vacation in his work. He's taking to go to my wedding in Denmark. So I want to uh, surprise him and come to your pub because he's a big Bolton fan. And I say, yeah, yeah, come, come. And then he came. He came in in a Bolton shirt with Pedersen on his back. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's my shirt. But his name was actually ah. <laughs> his own Pedersen. <laughs> uh, and he's been a Bolton fan for years. He was about my, my age or something. And he has, uh, with his, uh, he was there with his wife also. And they had the best night ever, he said. The day, after, the day after, the guy from Copenhagen, he called me again. Saying I'm just I've just been at the the airport dropping these two Americans off. They had to go home, and uh, I'm not sure if uh, they remember my wedding most or the visit of you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's been a few Bolton fans down there actually. 
That's brilliant. Just one more thing from me, Henrik. Is, um, if, you, if you could give a message to the Bolton fans, what, what would you say to them now? If I could give what? A message to the Bolton fans, what would you say to them? Uh, keep the faith, I think. Uh, hopefully with this uh, new uh, owner thing, uh, hopefully we can uh, uh, go forward from now. Go down uh, and then uh, regroup and then only one way and that's up. Hopefully, hopefully, um, especially uh, the players that need the support. I know it's difficult when when teams playing in lower division, but the support from the uh, from the fans and all that is uh, is crucial for the players. And uh, hopefully, they will continue to support the club. Fantastic. Well, thank you for your time, Henry. Henry, that has been brilliant. Thank you very much. A lot of stories there. A lot of memories coming up in my head also, so that's nice to talk to you.